0: quiet darkness we sit waiting watching hoping and wondering the repeated cry of the psalms is ours tonight of how long how long O lord will you forget me forever how long will you hide your face from me how long Must I wrestle with my thoughts, and every day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. Tonight we hear the answer to that question, how long? We hear the answer that our God has not forgotten us. Our God, instead, has come to us. Would you please stand with me? We hear these ancient words from the prophet Isaiah, that the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of the shadow of death. A great light has gone. The true light that gives light to all people have come into the world.
1: it with justice and righteousness from this day forth and forevermore
0: this evening on uh, christmas eve this year actually marks the 200th anniversary of uh, silent night being sung as really a prayer for this world that that would a peace that a peace that comes from jesus himself would be known in this place and around the world i want to say merry christmas to you all and to lots of friends and family I and mean, you've gathered you probably already had some suppers and everything else lots of excitement Glad that you're here this evening making Jesus a, a part of your celebration, a part of your uh, time here at Christmas, really the uh, most important part of Christmas. Just one reminder that tomorrow we'll be uh, over at the Senior's Home at 11 a.m. for our Christmas Eve day service. Uh, always a good time, and kind of a quieter service, but uh, lots of singing and a... a uh, being there and uh, uh, really bringing joy to uh, uh, people that, that don't always have a lot of family around in this time. So join us tomorrow, 11 a.m. over at the seniors' home. And of course, next Sunday will just be a regular uh, Sunday morning schedule here at Trinity. And we'll continue this evening by right hearing God's word.
1: readings from Titus 2, verses 11 to 14. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for his works. This is
0: Afraid of the dark? Is it that it's dark that you're afraid? No. Yeah, no. I think sometimes we're afraid of the dark because we don't know what's out there. Because of scary trees? Yeah, maybe scary trees. Right. You see shadows, and your mind goes crazy, right? Yeah, because you don't. Uh, yeah. Or you have scary dreams, or or yeah, okay, or Halloween, okay. Lots of good answers here. Uh, <laughs> I don't even remember where we're going with this, but, right. uh, yeah, sometimes, because you don't, you don't always see, right? What are some things that help you maybe be not so afraid of the dark? What's something that sometimes works? A flashlight? Why does a flashlight help? A nightlight? Why do, why do lights work? Yeah, why, yeah. Why do lights work? Because then you can see, right? Yeah, if there's a spooky shadow or a spooky tree, right, you can shine and just see that it's a tree or a camera, anything that gives light. What else helps when you you're afraid of the dark? When you like something? What? Cuddling with something or someone, right? It's Being with somebody. Know. You know what? We hear and, and we remember. These are all wonderful answers. That's all great. Uh, so we, okay, Reese, yeah. Yeah beside you when you sleep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because that's, yeah, how Your you stuffy. Yeah, you know, it keeps you like, close, right? Good to snuggle and cuddle with. It reminds you that you're not afraid. Yeah, but everybody has stuffies, right? So, so, these, so being able to see in the dark, have the light, and also knowing that you have somebody with you, maybe a stuffy or a friend, a mom or a dad, you know, those are all good things that help us <laughs> Okay, we're just unraveling here. Anyway, this is all the, the reminder of Christmas that Jesus is like that light to us in the darkness. And you know what? He's kind of like that person that's always with us. That's what we remember at Christmas. He comes in the manger. We don't actually have a little baby Jesus here. Do you want to go get your brother, No. No? Okay. Uh, <laughs> That we, but that reminds us that God is always with us. and he doesn't leave us scared or alone in the dark, whenever you feel that way, you can remember that Jesus is with you. So maybe let's, let's fold our hands close to our eyes. It's one of the good ways that we can focus. And we'll uh, pray to God, okay? So dear Jesus, thank you for coming to this world to be with us, to be with each person here. When we're afraid or worried or anxious or even excited, remind us that you're with us, that you love us, and will never let us go. Amen. Thanks, you guys. You can go back to your moms and dads, and you can tell your moms and dads all about the lights and the stuckies and everything. Thank you. to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she wrapped uh, her firstborn, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over the flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you: you will find the baby wrapped swaddled and swaddled in cloths and lying in a manger. And Was so with the angel of multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom He is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste, and found Mary Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, treasured up all these things, and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them and yeah, so we end What did Bethlehem have without Jesus? What did Bethlehem have without Jesus? A stable. Okay. <laughs> Normally, I'm open to responses, but this is more of a rhetorical question. I will uh, go with it. Do any of the urban kids have anything? No. <laughs> but what did Bethlehem really? What did Bethlehem have without Jesus? You know, we just sang that beloved Christmas carol, that old, old song a little town of Bethlehem. Really one of my favorite uh, Christmas carols. <laughs> but have you ever really thought about it? Why, why do we sing a song about a sleepy little village, kind of a backwater town in the middle of nowhere? Why is it that we're singing about this place? After all, we don't sing about camp or Free Lake or not even later usually, wherever that I know of. Why do we sing about Bethlehem? We heard this past Sunday from uh, the prophet Micah. He reminds us, he emphasizes us, goes really to great length, great trouble to emphasize the point that, that Jesus, that the Messiah, the Savior of the world was to come out of Bethlehem. And he was to come out of this place that is small, that's insignificant, that's really meaningless. Places that Google Maps probably wouldn't even pick up. But I think that's a key part of the story. This is a key part of the story. Because it declares to us, first of all, that God came to the earth. Hopefully we're remembering that here at Christmas, that God came to the earth. But also that he came for all people. He came for all people. What a death on him have without Jesus. I suggest to you it's the same thing that leader has without Jesus. It's the same thing your family has without Jesus. It's the same thing you have without him. Had Jesus not come to that sleepy little town in the middle of nowhere, Bethlehem probably wouldn't be remembered. We wouldn't be singing about it. You might kind of remember it as a place where King David was from, but. That probably would be about it. Bethlehem is remembered not because of its greatness, not because of its hockey teams or anything like that, but it's it's remembered not for itself, but for what happened there, right? It's remembered for what happened there, the greatest story, in fact, the greatest event of all of human history unfolded in... The most unlikely of places, tucked Rain, yes, at a stable, in a small town, for our rain. We heard just a few minutes ago that, that familiar story of Christmas that tells us that Bethlehem was unusually busy that night. Because everyone had to come back home, kind of like a lot of you have come back home for Christmas here today. Even though there were many in that town, this greatest of events was unfolding. You see that most didn't notice, most didn't pay attention, most couldn't be bothered by it. We don't hear in the story of crowds of people coming, coming to worship the newborn uh, baby savior of the world. Instead, in this part of the story, anyway, we just hear about, about the shepherds, everyday ordinary people, coming to the manger side. That evening. Luther, Martin Luther, 500-some years ago, wrote about this in, in one of his sermons at Christmas. He said that, that Luke shows how, when Mary and Joseph arrived at Bethlehem, they were the most insignificant and most despised of people. They had to make way for others until they had to take refuge in a stable to share with cattle, the lodging, the table, and the bed, while many a, a, a person sat at the head in hotels and were honored as treasured guests. No one noticed, no one noticed or was conscious of what God was doing in that stable. He lets the large houses, the costly apartments remain empty, let their inhabitants eat, drink, and be merry. But this comfort, this treasure was hidden from them. Oh, what a dark night it was for Bethlehem that was not conscious of the glorious light. See how our God shows that he utterly disregards what the world is, and furthermore, that this world shows how little it knows or notices who God is what he has and what he does. He goes on to ask that very same question that we've been asking several times already tonight. What did Bethlehem have without Jesus? What do they have now who at that time had enough? What do we have without Jesus? See, we're reminded this night that Bethlehem is important Precisely because the creator of the entire universe, the creator of the entire world, came to this world that he created. He came to this world, he came to you and me in his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus certainly did a lot in his 30-some-odd years on, on this earth. A lot of it's recorded in scripture. And I'd suggest to you most of it The most significant of it is not the miracles that he performed. It wasn't his, his good deeds, you know, living a good and righteous life for us to follow. It wasn't his eloquent preaching or teaching. The most significant event of his life was the very fact that he came. That he came. That he came to live, to die, to rise again for you and for me. That's what I love about this story, about this old, old story that we've heard maybe a thousand times already. That's what I love about this story, about Jesus coming to Bethlehem, the significance of it, because it shows God's heart for the world. It shows God's heart for you tonight. God could have come anywhere. He could have come in wealth and extravagance to the big and important cities, the big and important people of the time. Instead, instead God came to a sleepy little village, to everyday, ordinary people. He was overlooked in the hustle and the bustle of the night. But he came to the everyday, ordinary people. He came to you and to me. The encouragement we hear tonight is, is not to overlook Jesus. We, after all, live very busy and full lives, do we not? Especially in the weeks leading up to Christmas. Running the kids from here to there, trying to get all the work done, helping with various causes. You name it, our time is filled. We're reminded again that Jesus coming to Bethlehem, he came for each of us. He came for each of us, and there were so many candidates here. It can be really easy to make yourself believe that you have it all. It's really easy, really easy to make yourself believe that you have it all. But you don't actually need God in your life. But the reality, the reality of Jesus coming tells us we are lost with God. But the good news we celebrate tonight, as so many have done for so many years before us, is that God didn't leave us alone. He came, He offered us life. We see, now little baby, God's great love for you, God's desire to share a life with you. What did Bethlehem have without Jesus? Truthfully, not very much. What do you have? without Jesus. We'll continue our worship this evening by gathering our tithes and our offerings, our gifts for our uh, Savior Jesus. We come to worship him with all that we are and all that we have. among us, that in you we have all that we need, that we have life, that we have security, peace and knowing that you are near to us, that you are with us, knowing that we are called as as children of the God most high. We pray that would be a, a truth that becomes more and more real to us. This evening and tomorrow, as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, our Savior, we pray that we would be reminded of your forgiveness of your love, That we would be reminded that when we struggle, when we're hurting and broken, when we reach the end of our world, that we have an advocate. We have a Savior. We have a deliverer who lives with us, who shows us love, who welcomes us into life with him. Lord Jesus, we pray that you would draw near to us today, that you would be dwelling in our hearts, our lives, our families, our homes. that we would know you, we would live for you, we would love you and serve you with all that we are. To your name, Lord Jesus, that we pray. Amen. <coughs> Would you stand as your evil. So even as we heard tonight that Jesus came to be the insignificant, the broken, the weak, the hurting of the world, we remind ourselves that indeed we don't have much without him. So we take time this evening to come before our God to confess our our sins the ways so that we fail to love each other that we fail to love God and to live for him and to receive again his forgiveness his new life is dwelling with us God of light and life, we confess that without you we live in our hearts. We confess you that your own good
1: news is unsettling to us in the light of his demands and promises. Forgive us
0: and you make us to be people who rejoice in your lavish grace and who live here on any body. I want you to read through our communion practices and what it is we believe that we are joining together and doing here at this table. Ask those who are sent to come and receive first this evening.
1: Words for right. Words for right.
0: amen <coughs>
1: Yeah